I think the obsession with winning is gradually killing the true spirit of high school sports. If I were to list the top three things that I learned about being a person by being a student athlete in high school, winning and losing wouldn't even crack the top 10, if I'm being honest with you. How to work with people, how to overcome adversity, how to work hard. You know what I mean? When you don't want to, how to drag yourself into quote unquote work. That's what I learned by being a football player, baseball player, basketball player. That's what you learn by being anything on a campus because you have to find a way to communicate and work with people who aren't you, people who might disagree with you. This obsession with winning, I'm looking at you transfers and I'm looking at you parents throwing money at everything. I feel like we're killing the spirit of high school sports by looking at the final score too much. I feel like the final score in and of itself is a thing, but it's like the seventh thing I would list if I were trying to explain to somebody, if somebody had, let's say, a successful football program. What do you guys think? Well, I think you look at the example from the top, JJ. I mean, it's it, each sport, I, I feel like, if, let's look at you know college football, for example, right? Really just follow the money, and you're seeing an unrecognizable landscape in college athletics in the next couple years where the SEC is going to have, like, what, 20 teams in it? Perhaps, you know, all of the best teams as well. It basically all comes down to money, right? Everyone wants more of the TV contracts, the revenue. Now it's great that the the student athletes are actually getting paid for all the labor that they're putting in, which is awesome. But it means that the payroll, that money timeline has moved up. For everyone. Now everyone can start getting paid when they're 17, 18 years old, not, you know, when they're three years, four years through college. So I think everyone's kind of chasing that. And there's more of a attainable goal as far as getting money. And not everyone necessarily knows where their kids should fall. Not everyone's in that bracket. (laughs) I mean, of like, you're going to be getting money, but everyone kind of wants to be. And so I think everything needs to sort of settle back in and figure out. What's the structure going to look like? How can we create an incentive that keeps people at their local school, in their own neighborhoods, and not worrying about being on the travel ball team, being the best team in the state and all that? But we are, you know, are we losing recipes? Are we losing some of those messages that coaches want to get through to the players? I do think it's been a struggle. Obviously, the pandemic didn't help. And, you know, it's sort of a reshuffle that we're going to have to figure out what everyone's priorities are. And they have to have realistic expectations for what they're going to get out of sports. Facts. I have two responses, JJ. Number one, and you're wrong on both counts. Number one, <laughs> number one, uh, high school sports has been being ruined since before high school sports even existed as an organized capacity. In 1913, people were saying that transfers were ruining high school sports. Uh, that was actually why the CIF was founded, was to regulate the transfer of kids. This is really old man yells at cloud of you, Mike. <laughs> no, you're the old man yelling at the cloud, is my point. Like, there's this, everyone always feels like, oh, blank is ruining high school sports, whatever. Like, high school sports have never been, have never had more kids participating in them than they currently do. They have never been more popular. They have, thanks to some of the media outlets that some of the old men yelling at clouds don't like, like Overtime and, uh, and and the other highlight places, they've never had a bigger platform and a bigger reach. We talk about still that 2001 Poly De La Salle game, a huge deal that a high school football game was on national television. Your average five-star basketball recruit is getting 10 times the audience that that football did. And whether people like the reasons that the kid is playing basketball or not, I don't think you can say anything is ruining high school sports when there's more people participating than there's ever been. It's not ruining it. I'm saying it's ruining the spirit of it. What I think should be the final goal of high school sports is way beyond the final score. 
My point to you, the second point that I have is people don't care about winning. People don't care about winning enough. People care about scholarships. They care about the size of their social media following. They care about NIL deals. I'm not going to be mad at anyone caring about any of those things because they all do ultimately translate into money. But at the end of the day, I think that the transfer culture and all that other stuff, I, I, I can't say that that's about winning. Like that's about running from the competition and the work that it takes to become a winner. And to me, that is the spirit of high school sports is building together, working together to win. Uh, and I think that I, I just did, I, again, I just disagree with you. Like I almost want people to care more about winning than they do about, oh man, my team lost by 30 points, but I had four good highlights. So that's all I'm posting on social media. Are, are we walking <laughs> into a participation trophy, yes or no discussion right now? Is that kind of where we are as a generation of sports community, sports fans, you know, athletes and stuff like that? Like, I, I, I feel like there's a big difference. However, when you were talking right there, I'm thinking, okay, so Mike, are you pro or con participation trophies? I'm not pro. Uh, first of all, I'm not pro or con anything. I do think that this change is what's the, the change is happening. And so I don't really see any point in okay. arguing about it. Like when people yell, Eric Sondheimer was just on Twitter talking about transfers. Their kids are transferring, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like you can be upset about it or you can just accept that it's happening. It's, it's like someone going to Compton football games the last 20 years and just being angry every play that they're running the double wing. That's what they're running. <laughs> So whether you like it or not, you came to the game. They you throw pay the your ball ticket. sometimes, Mike. They throw the you ball. You pay sometimes. the ticket. You're here. Like that's what it is. The participation trophy thing. Similarly to me, like um, my son is nine. He has friends that are on youth baseball teams that are winning tournaments. Kids now are getting at every single one of these tournaments. They're getting a championship ring which is so different from the culture of sports that we grew up in where the only people who were getting rings was like a Division One right. CIF champion. Right. And now it's like everyone wants the experience. Everyone wants the experience of winning. Everyone wants right. the social media posts. So they gave out championship rings at the NBA Summer League to the, <laughs> to the Summer League champion. Like I just think that that is as social media expands – those kinds of things are going to expand. And similarly, no, it actually is not my preference. I'm not a yeah. participation trophy person. Well, but I also know my kid knows the difference between the trophies that he won yeah, and the see, trophies I, that I they feel like, him, Yeah, I feel like that's the, that's the rub right there, right? So if your kid is on a team that doesn't win the championship of their league and then you go to a pizza party after the season, right, and you're either going to get a trophy for participating and being dedicated to the team and coming to practice and being a good teammate and all those things that are also very important when you're playing eight-year-old youth baseball, for example, if you were to go to that pizza party and you weren't getting a trophy, would you tell those kids that the champion of the league was getting a trophy? Would you, like, rub it in their face that they weren't getting one? I, there, that to me is a huge disconnect between participation and not participation trophies. Like, at what point are you telling them, and you didn't get anything? Thanks for coming for the season. <laughs> well, and I also want to make the point that I, you know people do transfer for different reasons, right? So it's you know some people just transfer because I don't repeat my own argument. I shouldn't have said transfer, you but know, you guys, but you guys see what I'm saying, right? I feel like people are missing the point. R e high school sports. Yeah, but I also just think that the sort of swirling culture of consolidation of, like, the talent, and, and not just in sports, it's really, like, the big get bigger in perpetuity, and the, the little guy is just perpetually shrinking until that gap just puts them almost in, they're, where they're playing two different sports, it feels like. So, um, I mean, certainly all of the, the talent is starting to consolidate, but you would say the same thing in the SEC, where Alabama is, like, stockpiling five-star recruits for the last 20 years you know what i mean so uh 
where are you getting the example from? And, and this is what the kids are looking at. And, and the big programs are getting bigger. There's more investment at the big powerhouse programs. And there's other programs that are slipping towards, you know, having to disband, you know. So it, it is interesting to see. And that, like I said, there has to be a reshuffling where it kind of settles into a new sustainable normal. Because I don't think, you know, one, if these programs do start to drop off, then the playoff bracket, the leagues are going to be different. There's going to be tons of realignment. And we're going to have to find something that makes sense. Obviously, it's been talked about a lot having a private bracket and a public bracket. I don't love that necessarily, but it would be if you know if it got so bad that a public school could never be competitive, that would be something you'd have to look at. Maybe I'm just feeling a little butthurt that my alma mater, Chaparral, came to Long Beach Poly <laughs> this to is do a passing league thing. And it's very clear to me that I couldn't have ever played football at Chaparral if I were a high school student right now. Maybe that's what it is. You're mad that the kids are good. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. But you laid the groundwork, JJ. They're good, as good as they are now because you were as feisty as you were then. Trailblazer. <laughs> First guy in the gym, last guy in the gym. He was as right. deceptively athletic and gritty as he was back then. Absolutely. Kid's a gym rat. <laughs> Left that white shirt soaking. This is What Up Long Beach, the best sports podcast in the city. Here are your hosts, Mike, Tyler, and JJ. Thanks, Vinny. We got a jam-packed show today full of opinions like you just heard and some interviews. The first interview you're going to hear is of John Ross, Jordan High School alum, NFL wide receiver, one of many local professional athletes who have come back to Long Beach and done a youth camp. His was last weekend at LBCC, and we got a chance to catch up with him while he was coaching the youngsters. How important is it to you to come back to Long Beach and do events like this? Man, it's always important for me. Um... <laughs> Just like I was telling people earlier, this might be my favorite camp ever, uh, and not to be biased or anything, but my son was out here today, man. It's just, it just to, just to even say those words, man. It mean everything to me. A lot of my family members came out, and just to continuously be able to do this and and just be here for these kids and and, and give back. That's the biggest thing for me. Like, you know, why, why, why make it so far in life if you don't come back and pass it down? You know, and that's just the biggest thing to me. So what's the what's the little Ross got? What is he? He's a running back. Man, he he right now he doing he doing it all. He playing um, running back, mostly running back. He playing wide out. He playing flag football. Um, he just finished soccer, but football is his sport. I, I, I mean, I don't know why. He, he used to say it's because of me, but seemed like he loved it more than I do, and, 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 and more than I did when I was his age. So it's awesome to see, man. When you have kids come out here for something like this, you know what what do you hope that they get out of it? Not just football wise, but just kind of for the overall experience. Honestly, I, I don't even I don't even expect them to leave um, knowing more football than you know than what they came here. Um, I mean, how they came here, um, just because it, to me is like you said, it's an experience. I want them to have fun. I want them to you know want to come back. I want them to enjoy you know the time they have with their peers and things like that. And because um, it's not so much at that age, it's not so much about learning the game. It's about having fun and getting acclimated into the game and wanting to be out here and have a good time and that's all that's all I care about honestly when you travel the country and you see different things and you come back here is football different in Long Beach we think so but it's pretty much all we see when you come back here does it feel different absolutely I feel like it's so uh, I haven't been out the country um, but I've been you know from state to state and and uh, like I've been in Arizona I've been in Texas and you, you go to those those places and football looks so much different out there I feel like they have not more opportunities but it just looks better like a lot of schools have like I remember I vividly remember playing on dirt you know what I'm saying and you know they 
have a lot of money over there and it's different and not saying it's they privileged or they're better or anything but it's just different so i feel like it's it's a little different grind from long beach and these kids are just how just like me you know uh and that's the best part you know seeing seeing my face in them and seeing them grow up and that's why i tell them you guys are gonna be dogs man you gotta believe it you know I, I feel like nobody put me in position to be where i am you know i had to really work to get it and i feel like being from Long Beach, you kind of you kind of know that you know you got to get it out the mud, and that's the best part. It's also really cool to come out here and see so many NFLers. Talk about some of the guys who uh, who stopped by today. Oh yeah, so um, well first first and foremost, I'm um, doing this this camp with uh, Green Bay Packer Green Bay Packer um, DB Keyshawn Nixon, who's actually one of my relatives. Uh, we've been playing football with each other since we were seven years old. Deshaun Jackson was out here. We got um, Lone Beach finest Jordan's greatest John Timu out here. <laughs> uh, Jeremy McNichols was out here. Jayon Brown, um, Jonathan Abram. Um, and I don't want to miss nobody, but it, a lot of guys came out. Um, you know, some some old Poly alumni. David Price was out here. Um, Kenny Clark is out here. Uh, it, it was a lot of guys, man. I appreciate these guys, and you know, uh, it's just just to get these guys out here and then show their support for these kids mean everything to me because it means everything to the kids. And it's a reflection on you too. Not Absolutely. a lot of people get on the horn and get people like that to come through. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I can't take all the credit for it. You know, Keyshawn's a great guy too. So just the relationship that we've all built with each other, it felt like family, you know, guys come out and whether they want to coach or not, um, you know, they come out and they support, uh, you know, big, big shout out to Dante Dion, um, <laughs> Super Bowl champion. He brought the trophy out here and the kids went crazy. That was awesome, you know, because uh, we definitely don't see that. I didn't see that when I was a kid, you know, so for them to for him to do that, man, that was amazing. man. have a column up on the 562 right now about the trip that uh, I took my son on to the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas last week. I grew up going to the Summer League. I was telling him about it, and he thought it sounded cool, so we gave him that as a, uh, as a birthday present. Um, but it was really fun being in Vegas, and if you're from Long Beach or you travel wearing Long Beach stuff, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The city really is everywhere. It feels like a small town to us, but it is like there's so many Long Beach people everywhere. And in the gym, obviously, we saw Peyton Watson, a uh, recent poly alum, uh, who's playing with the Nuggets, and we got to see his family. But we also saw Naila Waterfield, who JJ and I covered our first years as sports writers, uh, who who is a volleyball soccer player who went on to Duke and is now uh, it, working uh, for a sports agency as the head of their marketing division, a uh, big sports agency. And she uh, snuck us courtside, which was a nice Long Beach perk. Wow. We saw Eddie Kim, who recently stepped down as the uh, swim coach at Poly, who is embarking on his career as a sports agent. He was there working. Um, and we ran into AJ Diggs, who is a Poly assistant basketball coach, also a Poly alum, uh, who's been an NBA assistant coach and is now a trainer for the Clippers, uh, Norm Powell. So that's just, that's what it is being from Long Beach. You go somewhere and you're kind of still in Long Beach. Well, speaking of taking Long Beach on the road, Mike, Mike and I got the chance to go up to the MLB All-Star Weekend at Dodger Stadium on Saturday, which was really an awesome day. I mean, other than the upcharge and parking, it was really a perfect... <laughs> $60! <laughs> $60 to park at Dodger Stadium, JJ. 
Utterly outrageous, but uh, it was a really fun day. Uh, also took Vinny, <laughs> Vinny to that as well as the uh, summer of Vin continues. But uh, it, what an awesome experience and to have a couple of Long Beach guys in the MLB Futures game. Uh, Spencer Steer from Milliken, uh, Ricky Tiedemann from Lakewood, uh, and, and getting to see those guys already. And for Tiedemann, less than a year after he was drafted, he's already in the Futures game and, and is already getting promoted to Double A. Really an amazing story. And, and Steer, a, an amazing story story in his own right, a guy who goes to Oregon, has a great career up there, and really retools himself in the minor leagues, you know, be coachable, in, especially in a sport like baseball, where you can tinker so much, all of a sudden he's a power hitter, and all of a sudden he's on the doorstep of being the next Long Beach guy to make it to the show. And getting to see both of those families and, you know, so many familiar faces, whether it's from, you know, obviously the Tiedemann family, we've been covering them, his, uh, Ricky's older brother Ty, a two-time champion quarterback at Poly, was a pitcher at LBCC and is now in the Rangers organization. Um, you know, seeing him and seeing all that big Tiedemann clan in their uh, in their white shirts with the Blue Jays logo. A lot of hair. A lot, <laughs> yeah, a lot of flow. A lot of flow for sure. Um, and and they, were, they were loud. Mike, we were on the opposite side of the stadium, but anytime Ricky was involved... Uh, you could definitely hear them <laughs> across through Bez Ravine. It was it was kind of a perfect spot actually because as he would come out from the visitors bullpen um, at Dodger Stadium, you could see his whole section because his family was occupying a whole section on the field level. You could see them like rise up as he was coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so that was yeah that was a lot of fun for sure, and it, it just it was cool for us. I mean, you know, we get to know these uh, the, these kids when they're young. We get to know the families. Obviously, that's the way we cover things. That we're we're kind of in the community. And it just it was fun for me how excited everyone was to see us and know that we were still there supporting the kids. Yeah, no, they they made us feel super welcome, and it's it's great to kind of reconnect, you know, with with parents where you know you cover their kids for a couple years and they have great success, and then you kind of shake hands and say best of luck, you know, see you down the line, and you know usually you don't reconnect with them at Dodger Stadium on the concourse, <laughs> but that that's how it worked out, and so it was really cool to to have that moment and celebrate Long Beach, and then also have you know some Long Beach representation uh, going into the Celebrity All Star Game with. Uh, one of the hosts on the field was like, oh, yeah, I'm born in Long Beach, grew up in Whittier or whatever. Um, and then, you know, just being around. I wish we could claim Bad Bunny. I mean, we, we, would, have been, we would have been in business. Uh, yeah, Chloe Kim, honorary. Yeah. Honorary. South Bay, Torrance. Kind of. I'm sure she hung out in Long Beach a little bit. Born in Long Beach. Okay, you know, that's all we need. That's really all we need. That's, yeah, well, really that's all we need to put guys into the LB, MLB. That's for sure. Anybody who plays baseball in Long Beach, we follow through if they make it to the show. And if they don't and if all that stuff, I mean – Tyler, you've done a great job this year and last season getting those minor league updates going. It's so much fun to find out where the guys are and trying to get up. And then obviously you get a moment like that with the steer and Tiedemann family. I also have to mention, it's so funny, there were two hit-by-pitches in the All-Star game on Tuesday night at Dodger Stadium. They were both Long Beach guys. Jeff McNeil from the Mets, Long Beach State, and Travis Darnot with the Braves from Lakewood High School. We just wear pitches in Long Beach, dude. It's just our thing. <laughs> well, I mean, the National League wasn't getting any hits, so I guess you have to get hit by the pitch to get on base. But, uh, yeah. Was, uh, anyway, Tyler. Well, anyway, uh, possible. Find a way. Find a way. And, all, and Long Beach continues to find a way into the All-Star game. Only twice. Uh, I've dropped this stat in a couple different stories already. But only twice since 1989 has the city of Long Beach failed to produce an MLB All-Star, which is... Pretty impressive, I have to say. That's pretty impressive to try to put that into some sort of context. I mean, not a lot of cities are, are churning out talent quite like that. 
Thanks as always for listening to the show. Obviously, as we mentioned last week, this is a new branded podcast, so we need new sponsors. Please get at us. Got the easiest emails of all time. It's just our first names at the562.org. So if you know somebody or a business or a family who wants to help support local Long Beach sports, get at us. JJ at the562.org. And we'll see you in the stands very soon.